Oh my gosh, Build Your Tribe listeners, do I have a good one for you today. Listen, I love Instagram, I love TikTok, I love Facebook, but they're all kind of a nightmare. You know what I mean? Like it's so hard to build a following. It's hard, it's not easy. You've got to hire somebody who knows what they're doing and teach you the ropes so you don't have to waste a ton of time. But I have to say, after interviewing Rachel today, I am back on that Pinterest game and y'all, you need to be too. Holy cow, my mind is blown. There's so many cool things that we can repurpose that you've already created the stuff and it maybe did well for a couple of weeks or whatever on Instagram, but now it's just dead, right? No, 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 no. You're going to take that content and you're going to put it up on Pinterest and it's going to blow up for you. This is such a great episode for those of you who are like, oh, I don't know if I really want to spend time figuring out TikTok. Do I really have to get an invite to Clubhouse? I just want traffic. I just want to help people. I want the world to know about my stuff without having to focus so much on, quote, building a following. Pinterest might just be your ticket. All right. You guys are going to love this interview with Rachel. I found Rachel, believe it or not, just by searching hashtags. And that's why you guys need to use your hashtags. Her specialty is Pinterest. Now, what's really cool is she got her start on Pinterest as a wedding stylist and had incredible success on Pinterest, was like blowing up creating these beautiful visuals, but hashtag pandemic. And Rachel started teaching other people how to harness the power of Pinterest. That completely transformed her business. There was so much demand that she teach other people how to do this, that she kind of did a little pivot, as many of us did during the pandemic days, and just started teaching Pinterest as her pretty much full-time gig. Now, all of her trainings are focused on the long-term business strategies that work Time and time again, she doesn't want you to spend a ton of time on Pinterest, but she wants you to get a big bang for your buck. She is also the co-host of her own podcast called The Business Proposal Podcast. I've listened to quite a few episodes. It's great. You guys are going to love it. It's kind of designed for the wedding industry, but she's got some great Pinterest episodes in there too. She's just a delight. So without further ado, Rachel Waring. Well, Rachel, thank you so much for joining me today. As I mentioned in our conversation before we started recording, I love Pinterest. I use Pinterest. I pin things on Pinterest all the time. Used to use it for my business, but probably like a lot of people listening, I'm like, is it really a thing? Like, can it really drive traffic to my website? So boom, give me your big pitch. Why do we need to give Pinterest more attention than we have? Amazing. Well, thank you so, so much for having me firstly. I'm so excited to be on. I really have had an absolute Pinterest love story. Like it is my favorite platform. I'm a huge Pinterest fan. And I think that one of the main reasons why I love it so much is that it's such a great place to introduce ourselves to new people. Mm -hmm. And for me personally, what it kind of has really done for me is actually from having quite a small social media following it allows you to get in front of a lot more people than just the people who are following you. So that's one thing. I think it's such an amazing gateway to meet these new people when sometimes you can kind of feel a little bit like, oh, growing a following is so hard. And 100%. Yeah. So I think it's a really great place to provide value and start that conversation with new people. That's one of the main reasons why I love it. Now, the moment you said conversation, I felt my anxiety level go up. Like, oh, I've got to have more <laughs> conversations. I'm already overwhelmed with how much, I guess, pressure and commitment and time that it feels like Instagram and TikTok and Facebook are. So in terms of pros and cons or how using Pinterest 
might appeal to that kind of overwhelmed entrepreneur who's like, no, mm -mm, I can't do one more (laughs) social media platform. Just I can't. Can you help them or maybe you can help us understand how is it different? Like, does it take as much time? Yes, that's such a good question. So I'm exactly the same. I find chatting online all the time quite overwhelming as an introvert. Like I actually really struggle sometimes with social media. I love it in lots of ways, but you're right. It is like you feel like you're on all the time. So I usually like to say that so many people think that Pinterest is like Instagram because we're so used to Instagram. We think in Instagram terms all the time because it's visual. We think like, oh, it's just another Instagram. Like I can't have another Instagram on my plate, but I actually think it's more like Google or YouTube. So it's a search engine predominantly. It has social elements, but predominantly it is a search engine. And the other main difference I would say is the longevity of your posts. So you can pin a pin and it can work for you for years rather than, you know, when you post something to Instagram, it might work for a few weeks at most. Maybe not like more like uh, (laughs) reels a little bit right now, but yeah, the most part after about a 24, 48 hours is done. Yeah, exactly. And I think that adds to the overwhelm because like Mm -hmm. when you put all that effort in, I think we're so used to that immediacy of social media where you put loads of effort in, it does well maybe for a little bit and then it drops off again and you're like, oh, I've got to start the cycle all over again. So something I really love about Pinterest and the reason why I think that what I usually say is it takes a bit of patience when you first start, but it doesn't necessarily take loads of like hours. Like it's not like you have to be on it all the time because you can just, a lot of it is repurposing what you've already done. A lot Mm -hmm. of it is kind of putting some effort in and it'll work for you for a while. So it's sort of like a snowball effect really, which is great. So when we think about Pinterest in the past, yeah, someone who hasn't spent much time thinking about it in terms of their business, maybe you're going on there right now to look for ideas to redecorate your baby's room or whatever, like, you know, inspo for yourself, but you're not thinking about it in terms of your business. I think most of us have this idea that Pinterest is a place where you upload a picture of maybe something that you sell or something that you offer. And they're just, we're thinking to ourselves, I just don't know how that's going to help my business. I'm not sure how that's going to drive traffic to my website. And in fact, tell us how Pinterest has evolved from that old idea that we might have in our heads. Yeah, definitely. So I think one of the biggest misconceptions definitely is because a lot of us use Pinterest in our daily lives. So we use it, you know, when we're like renovating houses or getting married. So we're sort of used to using it in that way. But actually, there's so many industries on Pinterest now. And I think it's really a case of like, if your ideal customers are there, there's something for you there. So I think that's one of the biggest differences. And the other thing that is really key with Pinterest over other things is obviously a lot of the work on Pinterest is getting people to click through to your website because there's an outbound link. So whenever you post something on Pinterest, there's something to link it to, which is great. We might just stop there for a moment because I'm not sure that all of our listeners are aware of that. Most platforms like Instagram, even if you do have a swipe up or the ability to post a link to your stories or even to put a link in your bio, let's be honest, those platforms don't want you to send people away. They are not going to make it easy. And in fact, you can see it 
diminish your reach when you do a swipe up. You'll see your story views can come down a little bit. I'm not sure the, whether the right term is to be penalized for it, but it's definitely, it's not easy to send people, to get people to go from your social media platform, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, over to your website. And if I'm hearing you correctly, Pinterest is set up a little differently. Yeah, definitely. They really encourage you with all of your standard pins anyway. There are exceptions, which I'm sure we'll come on to. But with every standard pin you pin, you have an opportunity to send someone somewhere really specific. Like you don't just have your one link in your bio like you do on Instagram. You've got links you know, in every pin potentially. So it gives you a lot of opportunity. And I think that that's where the difference is in terms of content. I think a lot of the time with other social media platforms or other platforms in general, you sort of give all the value in the post. But with Pinterest, I kind of like to think of each pin, whether you've paid for them or not, like even with organic strategy, I like to think of them as like little ads because you're kind of Mm. leaving breadcrumbs for potential audience to come over to your website. And that's where like the power of the traffic is. That's why it's so brilliant for bringing people to other places where you can nurture them. It's interesting. So I want to back up first and just make sure that we cover terms. So when you say to pin a pin, that's basically when you're adding your or you're uploading a piece of content and tagging it with your domain or wherever it is you want to send people. Is that accurate? Yes. A pin is basically one post on Pinterest. And, and a post could be a, a multitude of different types of media. So a pin yeah. could be a photo, a video. Yeah. Am I missing one? I guess that's it, right? Photos and videos? Yeah, yeah exactly. And we'll talk about stories because I know that's a new release too. We'll get to that in just a moment. But so when you say when you pin a pin, it's like you're saying when you upload a piece of content, basically. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Definitely. And what's really interesting, because I was on Pinterest yesterday or every day, but I was specifically <laughs> looking for a caterer in our area. And every time I wanted to look at the images posted, I was having to be like really careful not to tap on the photo because it kept taking me off of Pinterest, which I thought was so interesting and directly to the vendor's website, which is, I mean, just that in and of itself, I hope that gets you guys really excited to understand like the importance and significance and the opportunity to look into Pinterest, just somebody casually falling upon your piece of content and going directly to your website. It is such a longer process on every (laughs) other platform. It's like you have to court people and attract people and then have a private DM cut. Like there's so much involved to get someone to go to your website on every other social media platform. And Pinterest is almost like, you know, sending people (laughs) quickly. Yeah, definitely. They really, really encourage it. And actually even in like, they give you some really, really detailed analytics on how many people are actually clicking, not just clicking on the pin to take a closer look, but clicking through to the website. So it's definitely, it's not something that they're like, oh, keep on, stay on Pinterest, stay scrolling. They really, they love it when people click through to find out more. So yeah, it's great. So help me understand what is it that gets your piece of content to be seen by a lot of people? Is it the way I'm describing it? Is it my keywords? Is it the image? Is it the number of people who are following my boards? Like, and maybe that's not a simple answer. No, it's definitely, there's like a myriad of things, basically. There's a few sort of building blocks that you can think of that will definitely help you get seen by more people. 
So the first and kind of probably the most important thing is obviously if we go back to thinking of Pinterest as a search engine, which is what it is predominantly, a lot of that reach is going to be coming from search. So that's a key difference. That's where I think a lot of people get tripped up because we get so focused on followers on Instagram and we get so used to only our followers seeing what we post. It's quite surprising that we can be found in search so easily on Pinterest. Like it's actually a really, really powerful place to be found. So a lot of that is thinking like a searcher, which, you know, it's not as easy as it sounds sometimes, but it's basically just getting in the mindset of your ideal customer or your future customers and thinking like, what are they typing into the search bar and how can I help them with that? Like, how can I get in front of those people when they're looking? Actually, there's quite a fun stat about this. So on Pinterest, 97% of searches are unbranded. So basically what that means is most of the time people know what they're looking for, but they don't know what brand they're looking for it from yet. So that's why Ah. it's such a great place to like kind of jump yourself in there and be like, hello, I do that. Thank you very much. I'd like to meet you. So that's why search is so powerful, basically. If I want to for example, I am marketing, let's say, my push journal, right? And yeah. it's a day planner. You said people aren't doing a branded search. So using the brand name push is probably less important than it is to use terms like day planner, organizer, those kinds of things. Where am I putting these important key terms? Is it in the description or is it in the file name? So it's basically, the short answer is like wherever you use words on Pinterest. So in the pin, the most powerful places are your title and your description. So they're two places and actually loads of people leave their descriptions blank. So that's a really quick win that people can take if they start filling in their descriptions. That's that often you see quite a big increase because so many people leave them blank. That's on the pin side. And then also on your profile as well, like even in your profile name, you can add a few keywords to do with your niche in your bio and your board title. So if people don't know what boards are, it's basically where your pins live when you save pins. So say, again, to go back to like planning a wedding example, if you're looking for pins around a wedding, you would save it to maybe your wedding board. If you're a business, something that is great to do is have some boards with keywords that are relevant to your niche and your product Mm. where, you know, that builds up a nice kind of optimized foundation for all of your pins to live in. So yeah, basically anywhere where you see words on Pinterest, you can assume that they'll use that to help you be found in search. And how about when I'm saving a file, like let's say I I want to pin a video, how important is it that the title of my video or the file name include keywords? Yeah. So that also plays a factor. So it is, it's worth definitely if you can, it's not as strong as the pin title, but it does play a role. So it is worth naming your files with keywords as well. Also your URL that you end up sending them to that also the keywords in that play a role as well. So yeah, they really look at all the words you're using all over the place, basically. Tell me how video pins work. Is what length of video can be uploaded? Is there a format that performs better than others in terms of, you know, ratio, whether it's portrait or landscape? And what type of video content are you seeing is working well? 
Yeah, so video on Pinterest is absolutely flying at the moment. I think last year views were up 200%. And I think this year it's up something like 800%. They released some data recently. I might have misquoted that, but it's something around that region. Yeah, it's high, basically. People, I mean, it's the same with lots of platforms. People love video. Mm -hmm. And on Pinterest, it depends on which... So you can use video in lots of different ways. You can use video just as a pin by itself. So what would be called a video pin. And that kind of pin... Usually it's like bite-sized videos that work best for that. So I tell you what works really, really well is repurposing your reels or your TikToks. Mm. So under Um, a minute, 30 seconds to a minute, sweet spot. Yeah. Well, actually, so you can actually upload much longer. In terms of like technical specs, you can upload a lot longer. But in terms of practice. I'm sorry. It used to be... 15 minutes. I'm not sure if it's still that, but it's quite high. It's like, it's, you know, a good few minutes. I actually haven't really seen any videos much longer than a minute because it user practice. Like if you think about how you use Pinterest, like I'm not scrolling through Pinterest, watching a full, like, you know, Instagram live length video. on Yeah. It's Um, where we go. Cause it's like, can you show me how to do this in pictures? I don't feel like reading. (laughs) Show me how to do this in pictures. Okay. I got it. That works. Oh, that's great. And Do you think, I mean, I've been doing a lot of searching on Pinterest over the last couple of days and I haven't seen very many video pins. Is that because people aren't taking advantage of this? Is there an opportunity for entrepreneurs? Yeah. So I actually learned a stat yesterday, which was that only, I think it was 4% of pinners are actually utilizing video in their pins, which I was really shocked at. I thought that loads of people would be doing it, but I think because it's actually, it's not brand new, it's been around for a couple of years, but I think people just really are still in the mindset of pinning static images, I think. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. yeah, it still isn't, it's very much kind of uncharted territory in a way. And if you're utilizing video, you can really get some good results, definitely. How about this? And I don't know if you know the answer, but for example, when Mm -hmm. Instagram releases a new feature, the algorithm shows you favoritism. You know, if you're producing amazing content in the form of an IGTV right now, that is not going to get nearly as much play as something that is pointless, but it's a reel, right? And so- Instagram actually favors you and is going to give you, you know, preferential treatment, if you will, when it comes to people seeing your content. Is that true at all for Pinterest? And if so, what features does the algorithm tend to favor? Yeah. So at the moment, story pins are rolling out. So in the US, I think you mostly all have them now. We've just got them in the UK. We're still on sort of like early access. Some people have them, some people don't. So story pins are big news at the moment, and they definitely do feel comparable, not so much in terms of content, but comparable in that the excitement around the launch in terms of when reels came out. For me, I feel like it's not so much when you do story pins, you're only your story pins do well. Something that I've noticed, which has been quite fun, is the more I've kind of played with story pins, actually the better the rest of my account has been doing, which is quite exciting, I think. So it's not Mm -hmm. that all of my other pins are sort of like falling away and nothing's happening for them. It really feels like it's improving my account as a whole. And I think the same can be said for video pins as well. So story pins and video pins, if you're on them, you're on to a winner. (laughs) And is there a format that you would say is preferential when it comes to video, landscape or portrait? 
Portrait, definitely. So mm. portrait in terms of like all content on Pinterest, portrait is a winner. So it takes up more space on the smart feed, which is basically like their home feed. And it actually gets pushed out more because they know that it gets more engagement. So I actually very, very rarely pin anything that's not portrait. Sometimes I'll pin something square if I'm pinning from Instagram and I just want to be quick about it. But other than that, it's portrait all the way. So whatever you're doing on Pinterest, if you can make it portrait, it's good to do. Definitely. Great tip. Now you've already admitted that you are in love with Pinterest. It's your favorite (laughs) platform. So I know this is kind of a biased question, but because always the platform that we're in love with, we're going to spend way more time there. Yeah. But for someone who's like, okay, I'm committed to exploring the opportunity to just reach more people with my products that I offer, the services that even the services that I offer, I'm committed to spending more time there. How much should I realistically spend with Pinterest? Like, do I need to post daily? Is that something I could do in bulk a couple times a week? What does it look like? Yeah. So this is really interesting, especially at the moment, because Pinterest is in a real time of change at the moment. Because, and I think one of the things that puts people off Pinterest or has put them off in the past is that it used to be all about volume, right? So it used Mm -hmm. to be like, you have to pin 50 pins upwards. You know, if this was years ago, you had to do this, you had to pin loads and loads and loads of pins every day. And now they're more interested in seeing fresh ideas and fresh content and original content. So rather than just churning out loads and loads every day, they want quality. So because of that, they don't mind you pinning slightly less. So my answer to this question has changed very recently, like this Mm. year. And now I would say, if you can pin one pin a day and you can make that pin really well optimized with your keywords, you can make it following the best practices, you can make it really creative and make the idea really original. That's going to do a lot better than if you pin 10 pins a day, but they're all a little bit mediocre. Does that make Mm, sense? Yeah, it does. And for those people who maybe did spend some time on Pinterest, I'm a perfect example of someone who there was a time probably four or five years ago where we were like really heavy into Pinterest. And so what we've done in terms of boards and pins, et cetera, is probably all outdated now. And that content is also things that I probably don't want to drive people to. Yeah. Do I need to like clean house? Should I go through and like remove pins, remove boards, that kind of thing? I feel like this is probably going to be personal preference. I don't think that it will be hurting your Pinterest account necessarily to have that content there. I think what it does do is it has a really nice foundation for your account. So basically all the keywords on your account will still be working for you probably now because pins can last you for a long time. So in terms of your Pinterest account, I wouldn't worry too much. You know, you can make boards secret if there's some content that you don't necessarily want people to see. And you can delete stuff. You can also archive as well. My only sort of tiny warning is that Pinterest have weirdly sensitive spam filters. Like their spam filters are really, really sensitive. So I have seen in the past, if you mass delete loads and loads of pins, sometimes, not always, it can trigger those spam filters. Okay. So usually my advice would be if there's anything that you don't want on your account, just make it secret and maybe gradually delete it over time. That's just my ultra cautious way. But yeah, you can definitely clean up a little bit in that way if you want. 
But also for me, I think the strength that you'll be doing on Pinterest is what you're doing from now on. So I think sometimes, and I know this from with some of my clients as well, sometimes they get really fixated on what they've done before. And actually people aren't really spending loads of time scrolling through our profile and our back catalog. Like normally people are seeing our pins out there in the algorithm rather than on our profile. So I wouldn't worry too much thinking that people are going to be scrolling back through all of your old pins, Mm -hmm. looking at them. Mm -hmm. Can you think of a type of business or industry that is absolutely crushing right now? And if you're in this industry or if you do this type of work or you offer this type of product or service, you've got to think about Pinterest. Who would your strongest plea be to? Oh, that's such a good question. Okay, so definitely if you sell any kind of kits, So craft kits, any kind of hobbies. So Pinterest is all about like people making steps towards their ideal life. That's how they position themselves. Everything on Pinterest is planning for their ideal life. And it's all about like It's like my middle name. I I need to be on Pinterest (laughs) more often. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, definitely like hobbies, that kind of thing. Obviously, there's the big hitters like weddings, home decor, crafts. All of that's always going to be massive. But wellness is... Mm huge on Pinterest right now. So many wellness coaches that listen to this show, fitness coaches, people who are into natural healing, just coaches in general, whether it's personal development or spirituality or you name it, parenting coaches. So how would you suggest, let's say, for example, I'm a mindset coach. How might I market a pin? Yeah. So I think the best way is thinking about what value you have to give to your audience and how you can answer their questions, how you can make something really actionable for them, and how basically you can kind of introduce them to that, to your work, basically. So, you know, something that works really well, actually, is if you have an opt-in, like a lead magnet or something, if you can connect that to a blog post and also, and connect that blog post to a pin, or also you can even send pins directly to a lead page if you want to as well. You can grow your email list with pins, which works really well. So if you have something like a lead magnet, Pinterest is such a good place to grow that and send traffic that way. That's huge because we all need to grow our email list. Ladies and gentlemen, let me ask you this. You have a podcast. Do you use Pinterest to promote your podcast? Have you seen any success in that regard? Yeah, so it's definitely a really great way to promote podcasts. And I think probably the reason for that, again, is because of that people are looking for value. So the way that we do that is we connect our show notes to a blog. So we basically send people to the blog, which has the show notes and okay. the podcast in it. So it's in the same way that you can promote a blog, but obviously there's okay. audio involved. So yeah, it's definitely a great way. Again, finding new people is the so thing. So let's talk about, about what piece of content you would actually upload. You've just done a podcast on the latest feature to be released on Pinterest, Story Pins. Yeah. Now, and you want to promote that particular episode on Pinterest are you uploading your show art? Are you uploading something that people would be searching? Like, walk me through if you can. What is your process for figuring out like, okay, I want to drive traffic to this episode. I want to promote the podcast. What's the piece of content that you're going to upload? 
Yeah, so there's a few different ways. And actually, whenever there is a few different ways to promote something, I would usually recommend doing all of the different ways because mm. Pinterest is brilliant for repurposing stuff. So you can do multiple pins for the say, say you've got a, one podcast, you could do multiple different pins for that podcast. And as long as you make the piece of content on Pinterest different, it will still count as sort of a fresh original idea to them. So what I would do is, have you heard of the app Headliner? No. So it's basically, it's a way to get a little snippet from your podcast Mm -hmm. and it pairs it with a graphic and it has like a little sound wave thing that goes with it. Obviously there's loads of ways to make something like that. The headliner is really, really quick. So we usually make a headliner in portrait and it comes up with a 30 second clip from the podcast and we usually pick like a really juicy bit of the podcast and we usually pair it with like a graphic quote on the actual image and it's got the sound wave. So it's basically like an audio clip that goes out onto Pinterest. And hopefully that will give people enough of a little snippet to click through and find the rest of it. So that's one example. You could also do a graphic image, like a still Mm -hmm. image with a quote or a picture. There's so many different ways to do it. You could do, so for example, if I'm on Instagram, I'm promoting my latest podcast, I might go direct to camera and- talk about the problem that we're solving in this particular episode. And could I do something like that? Like, so I could just upload a separate piece of content that's video talking about the podcast. Yeah. So if you were going to do that, I would recommend doing that as a story pin because Pinterest really like for story pins in particular, they like to see your face. So, and that, it seems to work a lot better in story pin format rather than on the feed. It's not to say that you can't do any talking to camera on the feed. And this might change as well because story pins are such a new format to Pinterest. It might kind of leak into the other formats as well. But people, when they're scrolling through the feed and they see a video pin, they're usually at the moment less likely to look with sound. So interesting. A story Good tip. Is better. So yeah. you said we are less likely to watch it with sound. Therefore, it's really important for us to have captions on any Absolutely. video content that we're. Oh, ooh, that's a hot tip, girl. Definitely. Okay, good. I'm glad you said that. <laughs> and before I forget, you had mentioned that you might try that as a story pin. But I yeah. thought I learned from you that story pins currently you can't link them directly to an outbound domain. Is that accurate? Yeah, exactly. So it might be one of those things that you try a bit of both. So it's kind of one of those things where you weigh up like using the right format for the type of content versus the end result, the call to action. So story pins, you're totally right. They don't at the moment include an outbound link. So a link elsewhere and the call to action is to follow you. But that it's not to say that, you know, it's great to also build your following as well. Like that's why story pins are quite exciting. It's almost like teaching people that you can follow people on Pinterest because I think it's not a sort of common practice normally. Mm -hmm. So it's that's why it's really changing the game on Pinterest, which, which is quite exciting. But with a story pin, there's nothing stopping you saying in the same way that you would on Instagram, because obviously on Instagram, you wouldn't have an outbound link. So you just do the same thing that you would do on Instagram, you know, point and say, there's a link in my bio to my podcast or, you know, follow me for more tips about wellness or, you know, you can include your own sort of call to action in that way to mitigate the fact that you can't have the link. Do story pins expire as they do on Instagram and Facebook? 
No, they don't, which is so good. It's amazing. Yeah. And what's really, really exciting about them is this is another reason why I kind of, I feel like they're similar to reels in the sense of they get quite a lot of traction quite quickly, which is exciting. But then over a couple of weeks, they tend to pick up steam more. So I had a story pin that I posted yesterday and it had like 200 views when I went to bed. And then I woke up and it had like 14,000. And they're also searchable as well, which is amazing. Really? So all of the best practices for your SEO with your keywords, that all applies in story pins as well. So they're evergreen as well, which is brilliant. So I'm going right now, I've just opened up Pinterest while we're speaking. (laughs) And so is it the bubbles across the top? Are these the story pins? Okay. Yes. Wow. Didn't even realize that. Of course, Gary Vee is there. When (laughs) I see the number, that means that person has done five story pins? Yes. And how long is a story? I think the limit is 60 seconds per panel or slide or page. There's lots of different words for them for some reason. But so basically each story pin, you can have multiple pages. So rather than with Instagram stories, obviously throughout the day, you just add to your stories and it's like a rolling thing. So they're usually yeah. like 15 second increment, up to 15 second increments. Yeah. So with Pinterest, it's slightly different. It's almost like each story pin is its own folder of slides, I guess. So if, say I did a story pin about five tips to get more views on Pinterest. I could do five pages in one story pin. I see. Okay. And then I would make that story pin have a beginning, a middle and an end. I would at the end say, follow me for more Pinterest tips. Then I can post that story pin. It would go out as one story pin with five pages. Then I could do another one on a different topic and they basically live like that on your feed. So, I see. so when I see the number five next to that person's little icon, that means that there are five stories and those stories might be up to five or six different tips, like multiple yeah. pages, slides, whatever we're calling them. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so it's exactly. almost like five different topics if there's a five. Topics. That's such a good okay. way of describing it. Yeah. Yes. Okay. This is exciting. <laughs> Let me ask you and be honest. Since the release of story pins, are you finding yourself going, oh, wow, okay, now I'm spending a lot more time on Pinterest? So they definitely take a little bit longer. So actually, I did a story pins masterclass with Pinterest ran like a masterclass with their creators in the UK. And they're brilliant about that kind of stuff, by the way. Pinterest is so good at being really transparent with their best practices, which I love we sort of all said, how many story pins should we do? Because obviously I was like, I'm going to do one a day. I'm going to do as many as I can. And they said, you know, one a week is a good thing to aim for because they know that it takes a long time. So, you know, if you can do more than that, brilliant. But I think if I definitely did try and do one a day and I was like, actually, I'm on Pinterest a lot more than I'm used to because normally Mm. I schedule my pins and I do it in a couple of hours on a Sunday in front of a Mm. film and then I leave it. But yeah, I am spending more time. However, it's getting me more results. So I don't really mind that. Well, now that you brought up scheduling, as someone who teaches Instagram, we used to always tell people, you know, please use incredible scheduling apps. But our recent research and data has proven to us that people who are using scheduling apps are getting really diminishing return on their reach. So even for myself and my team, I have over... 15 different Instagram accounts. So it's really important that we use, it was really important that we were using scheduling apps, but even though it's in, far more costly, 
to have people doing it real time, we've switched to that because we found that it really does diminish returns in terms of Instagram. No, I'm not telling everyone that you need to do that. If it means not posting at all, well, then by all means, use a scheduling app. Like do what works for you. Do what, you know, is the best case scenario and think about your mental health as well. But how does that played out on Pinterest in terms of using scheduling apps? Yeah. So at the moment, luckily, and also the reason I say at the moment is because obviously, as we've seen, it could always change. At the moment, you don't get penalized for using schedulers. So while that's the case, I will be scheduling. If it does change, like on Instagram, I'm the same. I I now do all of my Instagram in real Mm. time as well, because I found that as well. So Pinterest is actually the only social or the only content I schedule now because it's, I still find the results. And in fact, the results are more because I'm able to pin more. So Ah, that's great. That's great. How often and how important is it for you to look at your insights? And do you use your insights to say like, oh, I shouldn't be pinning this or like this did really well. I didn't need to do more of that. That's such a good question. So I really try, and it's hard because I love, love looking at stats and analytics and things. I get really nerdy about it. I love it. But I try really hard not to look too often and too soon with Pinterest, Mm. especially with standard pins. So story pins are slightly different because they're a little bit more immediate. They do tend to get results a bit quicker because there's a slightly different format. Mm. With your standard pins, like the pins that we've always been pinning on Pinterest, Mm -hmm. Because they take a little while to get results, and there's lots of reasons for that. They have to be indexed by the search engine. Lots of kind of boring admin stuff has to happen on the back end. But it's not unusual for a pin to almost do nothing for like three months even. And then you'll be like, oh, that pin did rubbishly. And then you'll look back in a year's time and suddenly it's gone viral. So I try not to judge my pins too quickly. (laughs) And it's really hard. And loads of my students and my clients are always like, I'm panicking because I've done all these pins and I haven't got any views. And then they wait for a while and then the results start to come in. And it's just, you can definitely look, you know, it's good to look over a broader range of time, basically. But when you've got that, some of that time in place, you can then have a look. And I would look in your top pins section, if you're familiar with the analytics. and have a look at which pins are getting the most impressions. That's good to start with. But obviously impressions don't pay the bills. So Mm. I like to look at outbound clicks. That's the clicks to your website. And I also like to look at saves as well, because that shows how many people are interested enough in the pin to save it to their boards. So Definitely look at impressions, but don't get too fixated on impressions because it's a shiny number, but it doesn't tell you the full story. Rachel, the last question I have for you is when you post anything on Instagram, especially for the ladies, like I could be just dressed like this and, and share a really valuable tip on Instagram or relationships, whatever. And underneath my video, if I haven't addressed where I got my necklace, <laughs> there'll be like, you know, <laughs> 200 women saying like, that was great, but I didn't hear anything. All I want to know is where did you get your necklace? <laughs> and I, I notice on Pinterest, unless I'm missing it, I don't see that. Like, even though I, I think to myself, like, ooh, I'm going to pin this because I love this outfit. And now I need to go try to figure out where she got it. But I don't see people commenting, like, where did you get that? Or, you know, that banter back and forth. Is that just my experience? Or is that kind of the trend on Pinterest? 
No, you're totally right. And I think that there's an analogy that really helps me get Pinterest and like the comparison between Pinterest and Instagram. I usually compare it to like a party. So with Instagram, you're either watching someone having a party or you're looking at a party that they've just had. You're very much like outwardly focused and you're reacting with that person. With Pinterest, Pinterest is where people to go to plan their own party. So it's a lot more self-focused, which is why there's not as much chat. Mm. You can comment. Commenting is a thing. They've also added reaction buttons to videos and story pins. Mm. So who's to say how this will change? Like it could be that they are trying to get people to be more social and it's not that no one gets comments. I always notice that recipes get loads of comments for some uh-huh. reason, I guess, because people are like, wow, I can't wait to try this. But on the <laughs> whole, you're totally right. It's at the moment, user behavior isn't as chatty. Who knows if yeah. it will become more chatty? I like your perspective. I tell a lot about the way your brain works, where you're like, <laughs> and this is so true of all social media platforms. We just don't know. We don't know who's been hired at headquarters and what direction they're headed in and, you know, corporate objectives. But we have to imagine that every single social media platform does better if they can keep people on there longer. And certainly the more community conversations, et cetera, that we can create, the more social we can make a social media platform, likely the better it's going to do. But this is exciting. I'm really inspired to dig back into Pinterest. You know, you and I both also talked about like, you know, there's a couple of new social media platforms out there, Clubhouse being one of them. And it's tempting to go to say, oh, here's the new one. I better jump into that. Mm. But I just want to advise everyone who's listening, who's an entrepreneur to know if no one's ever told you this, let me just remind you, you don't have to do things because everyone else is doing them. It Just because there's a new platform doesn't mean that's the best place for you to find exposure and to get new business. It might be revisiting one that you heard about five years ago and didn't realize that there's so many cool new opportunities to reach more people. From my perspective, it's evaluate. You don't have to go with the herd. You can always say, what's the best based on my particular situation, how I want to use my time, what platform I actually like, which one's good for me, which one's best for my mental health. Like, you know, if Instagram is the place where you get a lot of traffic, but it just is killing your mental health and you love TikTok, well, then dig into TikTok and understand how to use that algorithm. And, you know, we, we don't all just have to go where everyone says this is the latest and the greatest. Sometimes it means revisiting an old friend. Yeah, I could not agree more. I think it's so important. If we're not enjoying what we're doing, we're less likely to do it. And, you know, what's it all for anyway, if, if it's horrific for us? <laughs> right? It's awesome. Yeah. Well, Rachel, I know that you have a course that you launch twice a year at the moment. Yes. It is closed, but you do, obviously, I would assume you have a wait list for that. Yes, I do. Yeah, that is on my website. So it will next happen in autumn, but I do run one-to-one sessions in between then. So, yeah. And so for those folks who would like to learn more and connect with you, how can they do that? Yeah. So my website is rachelemmawaring.com. That's W-A-R-I-N-G. And I'm Rachel M. Wearing basically everywhere else. And my podcast is called The Business Proposal Podcast. The Business Proposal Podcast. Wonderful. (laughs) In case you didn't catch any of those, don't worry about it. There will be in our show notes. There'll be links there for you to connect with Rachel directly as well as her Instagram and for you to sign up for her wait list. Or if you're interested in doing some one-on-one, you can connect with Rachel there. Rachel, it has been a pleasure to get to know you. You are lovely and just a source of information and 
Thank you for all the how-tos, and I'm inspired. So thanks for having this time with us today on Build Your Tribe. Oh, thank you so, so much for having me. It's been an absolute joy. 